President Tsai Ing-wen on Wednesday received a delegation of Japanese parliamentarians led by Seiko Hiroshige, a close confidant of the late Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. President Tsai took the opportunity to stress that Taiwan is looking forward to continuing its close military cooperation with like-minded countries. She also said she hoped Japan would help Taiwan on its bid to join the free trade agreement CPTPP. In turn, Seiko voiced strong support for Tsai's announcement on Tuesday concerning reforms in Taiwan's military service. President Tsai Ing-wen greets her guest with a handshake. He's Seiko Hiroshige, a Japanese parliamentarian currently leading a 12-strong delegation to Taiwan. The reception comes just one day after Tsai announced major changes to Taiwan's military service. Taiwan will return to a one-year-long military service with upgraded training. Taiwan will continue cooperating closely with Japan, the U.S., the EU, and like-minded countries to maintain regional peace and stability. Yesterday, the president made an announcement regarding critical defense policies. Besides the extension of military service mentioned just now, Taiwan will also do all it can to strengthen its self-defense capabilities. That includes the procurement of missiles to defend Taiwan. I strongly support such a policy. The Japanese parliamentarian is not alone in supporting the change. The U.S.'s de facto embassy in Taiwan released a statement saying, We welcome Taiwan's recent announcement on conscription reform, which underscores Taiwan's commitment to self-defense and strengthens deterrence. President Tsai stressed that Taiwan's cooperation with like-minded countries was not limited to defense. Taiwan is proactively taking action to try to join the CPTPP. I hope that all Japanese representatives can offer their greatest support to Taiwan's bid so that Taiwan and Japan can become regional partners and work toward a free and open Indo-Pacific. Japan is willing to play the role of a mediator when it comes to the smaller details of these rules and the interests of irrelevant countries. Japan has a wealth of knowledge and experience on the irregulations, which we can offer for Taiwan's consideration. As a confidant of former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, Seko is seen as a pro-Taiwan figure in Japan. At his meeting with the president, Tsai once again took the opportunity to show Taiwan's willingness to be part of the CPTPP in hopes that Japan can lend a helping hand in joining the trade bloc. Taiwan will be tightening border controls for arrivals from China starting January 1st. Travelers will be required to take a PCR test upon arriving in Taiwan. The measure comes as China moves to further relax its own COVID measures starting January 8th, despite a huge surge in COVID cases in the country. Since Taiwan's border remains closed to Chinese tourists, the stricter measures will mostly affect Taiwanese nationals working in China who return to Taiwan for the Lunar New Year. About 30,000 people are expected to travel from China to Taiwan during that period. CCC head Victor Wan inspects Taoyuan International Airport. Though COVID is surging in China, Beijing has announced it's doing away with quarantines for international arrivals starting January 8th. Over in Taiwan, the CCC has decided to tighten border controls for arrivals from China who will have to do a saliva-based PCR upon landing in Taiwan. 
Since there are more infections in China, there's a great chance of mutations too. Taiwanese nationals returning from China who get infected should get diagnosed, medicated, and treated as soon as possible. We're implementing new measures. Though Taiwan's border is still close to Chinese tourists, about 30,000 people are expected to enter Taiwan from China over the Lunar New Year. The CCC's tighter border controls will enter into effect on January 1st. Passengers flying into Taiwan or taking ferries to Jinwen and Matsu will be required to take a saliva-based PCR test upon arrival. After that, they will undergo seven days of self-health management, just like arrivals from other places. Passengers whose tests come back positive will have to isolate for five days, as is the case for people infected locally. We're still not opening up the border to Chinese tourists, so these rules mostly apply to Taiwan nationals returning for the Lunar New Year. Some Taiwanese nationals living in China have already returned for the upcoming holidays. Here's what they have to say about the COVID situation across the strait. There are very few people on the streets. Christmas didn't feel like Christmas. It was all like a ghost town, really. On Wednesday, Taiwan added 27,942 local COVID infections, the second consecutive day with more than 20,000 cases. One expert says infections may peak at the end of January. The wave could peak around the end of January, exceeding 30,000 cases per day or even exceeding 50,000. That's not completely impossible. Other countries such as Japan and South Korea have announced tightened restrictions for travelers arriving from China, and now under the executive yuan's recommendation, the CECC has followed suit. Central Taiwan is the agricultural hub of the nation, with an annual output of more than 20 billion NT. On December 27th, the Ministry of Economic Affairs held an exhibition showcasing agricultural technology applications in six farming testing sites. Smart sensors that regulate lighting were tested on grapevines and eustoma plants, resulting in bigger yields and flowers with brighter colors. LEDs are installed all across this vineyard in Zhanghua's Erling Township. They respond to the brightness of natural light and calibrate their own accordingly. Smart lighting increases the yield of grapes. Look down and you'll see organic bits around the trunks. These were pruned vines, chopped up and reused as fertilizer. This vineyard is one of six farming testing sites selected by the Ministry of Economic Affairs, demonstrating how agricultural technology can be integrated for better yields. Smart light fixtures can help achieve all the desired effects from growing new propagations to stimulating flowering. There's no need for different fittings at different periods of growth. Central Taiwan is the country's agricultural hub. Grapes and eustoma from this region accounts for more than 90% of the national output. Smart sensors increase the number of buds on a single stem by 50%, allowing eustoma farmers to command higher prices for their flowers overseas. We hope to promote interdisciplinary collaboration in our technology industry, particularly creating value with the agricultural sector. We wanted to develop a precision care for our flowering crops so they grow better and produce brighter and differently colored flowers. So we've tapped into different spectrums. Every year, the Ministry of Economic Affairs earmarks the budget for agricultural technology R&D, creating job opportunities and adding value to local agriculture. 
Dongshan District in Tainan has long been famous for its coffee industry. A local highway is even known as Coffee Road. Many restaurants along the road offer visitors a taste of the distinctive local brew, with a stunning view of Tainan's mountains and forests. Now coffee farmers have joined hands to promote their beans directly to consumers. Bright red coffee beans shine on the branch. They're harvested and dried by hand, then lightly roasted to produce this mellow sweet coffee without sour or bitter notes. 175 Coffee Highway in Tainan attracts visitors from far and wide. More than 30 restaurants and cafes on the road look out over this beautiful landscape. Visitors say it feels like being in an ethereal, heavenly world removed from the human realm. I think the coffee has a very lightly roasted taste. After you take a sip, the aftertaste is quite mild and it comes back up again. The notes of the coffee are wonderful, not too bitter or burnt. Dongshan Coffee is famous for its unique position and the constant refinement of production methods. The flavor is admired by many caffeine aficionados. There are reservoirs of water on all sides, so this area maintains good moisture levels compared to other places. And to keep upgrading the industry, local coffee farmers have established a new professional association. They want to expand from producing coffees to providing a full tourist experience and raising the profile of Dongshan Coffee. What this industry needs is to have direct contact with the customers. You can't have the same power if you just sell beans through the factories. The association is bringing its beans into cities to introduce new customers directly to Tongshan Coffee. Look out for them at concessions in department stores where you can get a taste of Tainan's local produce. Today, we take a moment to enjoy some of Taiwan's most amusing place names, immortalized on bus stops. First, we head to Tainan to see a bus stop that's at once evocative and mysterious. It's called 3.2 million. And then we go to Jiayi, where a bus stop delights English speakers with its likeness to a very festive phrase. Tourists flock to Tainan's Chigu district to eat seafood and admire blackface spoonbill. But if you wander Chigu streets, you might find this interesting bus stop, the name of which means 3.2 million. Is this the home of Tainan's millionaires? People earn loads of money from selling land these days, sometimes even more than 3.2 million. They go out and do big things. This nonagenarian resident is a real storyteller. This local area is called 3.2 million. Once upon a time, the 20 or so families who lived here used to farm sweet potatoes communally. 66 square meters would provide 2,000 potatoes, so the whole farm had a harvest of about 3.2 million individual potatoes. The name survives to this day, and locals are very exact about it. We're 2.3 million. If you say 3 million and 20,000, then you've lost 180,000. People will argue over that 180,000. And over in Jiayi, there's another fun bus stop. This bus route from Meishan to Beigong makes a stop at Gobei. When you say that in Mandarin, it sounds like a festive phrase in English. Jingo Bei, Jingo Bei. Is this one? Too far. It's Jingo Bei. 
It's Red Jingo Bay. It's very like the Christmas Carol Jingle Bells. Go Bay is the name of the village. Go Bay is just like any other place name, but now, as passengers learn English, the bus route that passes through the village has acquired a new layer of amusement. Good news for train travelers during the Lunar New Year. Transportation Minister Wang Guocai said on Wednesday that the TRA strike planned for the Lunar New Year was off the table for the time being. The statement comes after the minister talked with union representatives who were dissatisfied with some clauses in the procedures for corporatizing the TRA. Wang says union representatives will be inviting to meeting later this week and to negotiate conditions more closely next week. There has been no official statement from the labor union. In recent weeks, draft documents related to the corporatization of the TRA had resulted in discontent from the Taiwan Railway Labor Union, which issued statements on the matter and even threatened a strike over the Lunar New Year. The union offers suggestions on some of the passages, such as the ones regarding government subsidies for repairs and maintenance work. I call the union's head and leaders to discuss the matter, so I think the controversies regarding this have been resolved, and there won't be any issues of a strike over the Lunar New Year. The minister said a meeting for negotiations with the union is slated for next week, assuring the public that there wouldn't be a strike. We have invited union representatives to take part in our meeting on Friday to hear the proposals from several central government agencies. Then the week after, I will meet with union representatives. If there are any policies that we need to make decisions on, I will do so as quickly as possible. The executive yuan also approved a bonus for workers that stay on in the TRA after its corporatization. Starting next year, the monthly bonus is 3,000 NT for train masters and conductors and 2,000 NT for any other employees. Taipei is getting ready to ring in the new year with its fireworks extravaganza at Taipei 101. The city is expecting lots of revelers and is taking measures to prevent deadly crowd crushes, especially after the end of the show. This year, people waiting to take the MRT will not be allowed to line up along staircases or stand within special buffer zones designated by the Taipei Metro. Let's hear from an official. We want to prevent crowding on the stairs at these entrances, so we've set up buffer zones so that people are only lining up on flat ground. Additional staff will be dispatched to four MRT stations near the fireworks venue. That's Taipei City Hall, Taipei 101, Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall, and Xiangshan. Technology will also be used to better manage foot traffic. The Taipei Metro also reminds the public that large items such as bicycles, pet strollers, or large musical instruments will not be allowed on trains after 3 o'clock in the afternoon on December 31st. The Children Are Us Foundation offers training to people with disabilities in order to help them find jobs, which have been hard to come by since the outbreak of COVID. One of the people the foundation has helped is Becca Chen, who originally hails from the U.S. Chen came to Taiwan with her parents when she was 18 years of age, and after eight years of training at the foundation, she has recently found her first job at a restaurant. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang met with her to find out more. 
She carefully chops chicken. Then she adds the chicken and vegetables to the lunch box. After that, she labels each box. This is Becca Chen. Chen grew up in the U.S. and after graduating from high school, she and her parents moved to Taiwan. She's been attending a training program at the Children R.S. Foundation for almost eight years. Now, 26, she secured her first job at the store. I like making drinks. It's fun because you get to squeeze and then all the stuff in the blender. It's quick, easy. I'm most proud of myself learning Chinese because in a way, it will help me in the future. Chen is also in charge of making green smoothies. In order to remember all the steps and ingredients, Chen has a notebook full of notes in both Mandarin and English. Even after work, she spends hours reviewing and looking through her notes. Having grown up in the U.S., she said that learning Mandarin was the hardest part of the job. I have to study from the beginning. I had to study because, um, because that way I can learn more and be more successful. Like things to remind me, and things like um, like recipes that they gave me. So when I forget about something, I could just like look it up. To provide for people with disabilities, this store partnered with the Children R Us Foundation to hire people from the foundation to work there. Jenny, Becca is very special. Before coming here to work, she had already learned how to cut fruits and vegetables. We didn't expect her to pack lunch boxes or recognize characters, but she learned by herself. We have a very pleasant time working with her. We have a combination of healthy meals for 95 and tea in all Children R Us Foundation stores in Taipei City. We have also hired partners who are well suited to the food and beverage sector. We currently have four stores, and now two stores have people with disabilities working there. In fact, there are actually very few job opportunities for people with disabilities in the market since the pandemic. Since the store is willing to give us a chance, we are happy to support. Despite the hard work and long hours, Becca says she loves her job. She says her motto in life is, go big or go home. Go big or go home. <laughs> so. That's my motto. Probably like make big money and just like spend wherever I want on stuff. Yeah, um, and maybe buy an apartment for to myself. Having secured her first job, Becca is brimming with hope. She says her dream job is to become a successful YouTuber in the future. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. Lovers of Cantonese food, take note. We go now to a restaurant in Taipei that specializes in remixing the classic Cantonese menu. This high-end establishment offers the vegetable casserole that stands out for its lobster garnish. And it manages to combine two of the best Cantonese soups into one. Hong Kong-style vegetable casserole, but the veggies are practically invisible under this spiny lobster. They've been boiled down into a rich broth, along with the rich nutrients of the lobster broth, to create a mouth-watering result. Grouper and Hokkaido scallops are sliced for the pan. Indonesian rock lobsters are deep-fried for less than 10 seconds, just to lock the sweetness inside. 
The prawn oil sautés more ingredients. Then, into the pan goes prawn soup, as well as the star of the show, the spiny lobster. They're simmered on low to bring out all the rich flavors and sweeter notes. Why can't you see many veggies in this assorted vegetable casserole? Because we've simmered them all down into the soup broth, alongside tomatoes, sugarcane, and seafood shells. The earthenware casserole pot is filled with baby Chinese cabbage, scallops, and pohu squid, as well as spiny lobster to stew for five minutes. Meanwhile, you can try this classic Cantonese dish: double boiled soup. Its rich pork broth is combined with the elements of another favorite soup recipe: four god soup, jobs tears, lotus seeds, yam, and china root. We use bone stock, jujubes, and apricot kernels to create a variation. That's how we make this double-boiled four gods soup. And if you're not in the mood for soup, there's also bao zai cai. Abalone juice seeps into the sea cucumber and goose wing. For lovers of traditional Cantonese cuisine, it's a delightful way to celebrate the end of the year. Bundle up and keep an umbrella handy because cold and rainy weather is coming again. That's especially true in northern and eastern regions, which will bear the brunt of northeasterly winds that will usher in low temperatures and wetness for the next five days. According to the Central Weather Bureau, lows in the north could dip to 14 or 15 degrees. In central and southern Taiwan, there will be a big swings in day-night temperatures and wetter weather. If you're hoping to catch the first sunrise of 2023, you're out of luck. If you are planning to see it in northern Taiwan or the east coast, there may be higher chances of getting some sun in central and southern Taiwan. But it will all be ultimately down to luck.